Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Season seven, episode 12, you guys. I know we said last time this Chris and Caitlin stuff had gone to a whole other level, but <laughs> we're in new territory now. And um, this episode was wild. Like nuts. And it's so funny because even though in the scheme of things, that is the most insignificant plot, the Kim Lamar cavity one has always stuck with me for some reason. It's like just a memorable episode of Kardashians completely forgetting that the reason this was a memorable episode isn't because Kim has this secret talent of smelling cavities. It's because Caitlin and Chris are ready to kill each other. Right. Isn't it funny though? Because when I was watching this episode, I I did the exact same thing you did, which is you were like, oh, it's the episode where Lamar goes to the dentist. To me, it was such a standout plot that I remembered all of these years later. And it's such a side, like minor thing in like a really fucking crazy episode. It was almost one of those times where I wanted to say to them, I know that still in season seven, you guys feel like there needs to be multiple plots happening at once. I promise you, we don't need the fillers. Like, listen, I was thrilled to watch Lamar at the dentist. I was thrilled to watch Rob at his, you know, hair transplant guy. I'm not mad at any of those, but the episode didn't need it. You could have had the full 43 minutes on Chris and Caitlin and we would have been glued. Yes. However, I will say in this case, with the Lamar dentist plotline being added into this, it was a very necessary moment of levity because the Caitlin and Chris stuff, like it, it does get intense. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not even necessarily that they're fighting so much. It's like to watch a couple this close to the brink of divorce is a little bit jarring to see play out before your eyes, especially when you're watching this, knowing that the separation doesn't come for another year or so. And you're just watching these two people throughout the course of the episode that like are just so not on the same page in their lives anymore, but living their lives together. And I don't know, to me, when it was like a Lamar moment, I was like, oh, thank God I needed a break from like the intensity of watching a married couple who's been married for 20 plus years who has a very loving family, not be able to exist in that place with each other. I said this to you after I watched it because you watched it before me. I was like, this really, it doesn't deter me from the idea of marriage because I've been fortunate to see a lot of really healthy, successful marriages, my parents being one of them. But like, I really don't want to get to a point with a person where it's this like mutual misery because I think they just bring out the worst of each other in a way that must be so exhausting to each other, but also to themselves. Like that's no way to live. So something I feel like I've observed in terms of couples who have been together for a very long time, who have older kids, who have adult kids, like I feel like in, in watching their relationship from like my very limited point of view, I feel like when the kids are younger or when the kids are like really required the most amount of attention is when those struggles kind of come up because, you know, prioritizing the kids is not, it's not an option. You know what I mean? It's just the default. It's the norm. It's what you have to do. Like the kids take priority. And I think that can really have a lot of strain on a marriage. What I've noticed a lot of, I feel like, and tell me if you feel this way too, is like a lot of times when the kids do get older, it's kind of like 
parents refine their relationship. It's like the kids are not as present. They don't need you as much. And you're able to do these things that you weren't able to do when your kids were your number one priority. And I feel like what we kind of observed happen with Chris and Caitlin, it was actually the opposite for them. Like when the kids were younger, where they were raising not only Chris's kids, but Kendall and Kylie from a young age and really exploring that area of their lives. That's when they were at their strongest. When they stopped having the kids to kind of fuss over and have be such a present everyday part of their lives because they were more independent and they were older and they were doing their own thing, that's when the troubles for Chris and Caitlin kind of set in where they, I think they realized that there had been some sort of this separation in their marriage, but I think that they got to the point where they realized like, oh, the kids were actually the thing keeping us together, not preventing us from exploring this aspect of our relationship, potentially. Yes, that is exactly what I feel happened. They're like, wait, we don't know each other anymore. Or if we do know each other, we don't really like it. Whatever, if this is you, like if this is the version of you now, not loving what I'm seeing. Right. And let us not forget the Todd Waterman of it all, because you guys remember we ended last episode with a dramatic to be continued with Chris eventually meeting Todd after she had said she wasn't going to. And if you remember coming off last episode, she almost did it as a fuck you to Caitlin, who was playing golf with former supermodel Angie Everhart. So now Chris is like, you know what? That meeting that Todd wants to have actually sounds pretty good. So Chris and Todd get to this rooftop and I'm sorry, we got to do a little role play here because it's too much back and forth. You ready? (laughs) I think I'm ready. Okay. I'm Chris. You're going to be Todd. Of course. So (laughs) naturally she says, why are you looking at me like that? This is pretty romantic, Snooka. Are you trying to inch closer to me? That's all I want to know. Chris, you know, I was wondering who was going to be the first to go there tonight, if it was going to be you or me. Chris in her confessional says, there's a lot of things that have been left unsaid and I need some closure to this whole relationship in order to go on with the rest of my life. Todd, you know what I remember is how you used to clean my sunglasses. Really? That's what you remember? That's what you thought of me all these years? It's just how I used to clean sunglasses? My sunglasses. That's awesome. You don't remember that? No. Let's get out of here. What room are we in? Are you tipsy yet? No. Can we just do some shots? No, I can't. I can't. Come on. Chris and her confessional, some things just never change. I'm not really quite sure why I built this up in my mind to be such a fantasy. She then says to him, don't you think that on some level it would be really cool to just walk away as friends? Like to just feel like this is meant to be to gain some closure. And you know, you were very young, we were two different places, and we needed to part for so many reasons. Then going on to say that she met Caitlin three weeks after they stopped seeing each other. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's upsetting. Closure is a bitch. Stop with the closure. Kristen, her confessional. I think that this dinner has taught me a lot of things, and it's nice to know that I made the right decision. And I'm just really glad that I'm going home to my husband. She then says to him, the grass isn't always greener. Oh, that's not good. I know, but it's kind of true. Here's to moving on. Wow. Okay. No. Are we getting an Oscar? Okay. I am sorry though. Obviously this was the correct decision. She had a straight up husband at home who like was deeply opposed to this entire thing and was actively traumatizing her husband by doing this. All of that being said, she could have let him down easy. I mean, it's like, what? If I'm Todd Waterman, I'm like, okay, so you bring me here to this rooftop To tell me how meeting me in person was all you needed to know to get over the fantasy? There are a lot of like different aspects of this meetup between Chris and Todd. One of them is Chris trying to get some sort of revenge on Caitlin for Caitlin's relationship with Angie Everhart, which goes completely ignored throughout this episode. But also like there is an aspect of it where Chris is at such a bad place with Caitlin in general, where she... I think would be acting out in this sort of a way regardless to kind of get under Caitlyn's skin. There's a part of this where Chris has kind of been wanting to do this seemingly for a while to get some sense of closure that she feels that she has never gotten, even though I kind of think that closure is a myth. But on top of all of this, like you said, you know, you made the point of like, wow, if I'm Todd Waterman, I'm like, okay, so you came all the way out here to basically say like, you needed to see me in person to realize you wanted nothing to do with me. Like that kind of, is what happened. Like, it's not like Chris went into this meetup, I don't think, saying like, I just need to see Todd and get it out of my system. And like, I'll never want to see him again after that. It's like, Chris went into this situation and was like, okay, let's kind of like see what 
what is here. Like, let's see what the deal is. And Todd made that comment about like the sunglasses. And Chris had this aha moment of like, wow, I've really held on to this thing all of these years that like Todd hasn't held on to in the same way. And like, this was such an earth shattering reality for me to realize that like the way that I saw him is not the way that he saw me. And it was in that exact moment that the decision was made from like, okay, I'm really doing this for closure. And I'm really convincing myself that I'm doing this for the right reasons while still leaving the door a little cracked open to like, okay, now that I'm seeing you, I've now been able to shut the door. Like she kind of did have to see him in person in order for that to be the case. Well, that's the thing that I wanted to say to Todd. It's like, I don't think you realize how high the stakes were here. You know, there was a chance you could have swayed her. Like, yeah, she was maybe saying she was going in it for closure. She was basically saying, yeah, he's been wanting to meet me. Let's see what this guy has to offer. That was kind of in a little, a little bit her mindset. Meanwhile, that sunglass comment just sent her over the edge. Like, I almost felt like he needed to be briefed. It almost felt like he could have said something completely differently and the entire course of the lunch and her life could have changed. And I'm not saying that she went into this like ready to cheat on Caitlin, but she certainly <laughs> went, uh, but she certainly didn't go at it opposed. I wouldn't say she wasn't ready. <laughs> like it was, no, here's the thing. She had the potential to be seduced if Todd was a little more seductive. And I, I, I just think that that's the truth. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I just feel like if we're talking about this as honestly as physically possible, there was a world, I don't think it would have happened on the show, but if you try to imagine this whole thing happening without cameras, like I think there is a world in which she felt more drawn to him and maybe did something about that. Well, there was a world where she got something that she wasn't getting from Caitlin out of this interaction with Todd. And what ended up happening is not that she got the same thing from Todd, but she didn't get something that made her feel the way that she would have needed to feel in order to do something about it. I mean, there was really the possibility that Todd said something to her that made her feel like everything that she had felt for the past 25 years in regards to their relationship, like still was just as strong as it was then. And it inspired her to look at him and look at her marriage and look at her life a different way. And thankfully for the time being in terms of her relationship with Caitlin, like, it, it, it didn't because t- Todd kind of just is who he is. And she really had this realization of like, oh, I've just built this up in my head. Well, yeah. I mean, the real realization was I'm actually just not really into either of them. Right. <laughs> secret, secret third option. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first real scene, Chris is back home. Okay. So just, I need you guys to imagine, yes, I'm sure this was dramatized, this, that, for purposes of this recap, it's not like we are going to pretend as though this was exactly as it happened because the way that it's being presented to us is she goes to this rooftop bar with Todd Waterman to see if her fantasy could be reignited narrator. It wasn't. And she comes home and busts through those doors like a bat out of hell to tell Caitlin about the great news that she was not as attracted to Todd Waterman as she expected to be. So it's like night. Caitlin is fully sleeping and Chris is determined to wake Caitlin up. She says in her confessional, you know, I have to wake her up. I I feel this urgency that one more minute can't go by without me telling her exactly how I feel. By the way, Kylie is just standing there and she walks in again, wakes up Caitlin and says, honestly, I had a revelation. Obviously this isn't so easy, but tonight was the night that I had to meet up with Todd again. And Caitlin you know, now just waking up from this sleep is like, wait, explain to me why you saw this asshole. And Chris said, I wanted to tell you that tonight I realized that I really appreciate you a lot more. I may have been fantasizing about someone for the last 23 years that didn't really deserve that kind of recognition. And Caitlin in her confessional says, she's showering me with all these great, lovely things, but she went behind my back. I'm not excited about this. That's for sure. And Caitlin says to Chris, what an idiot you are. I don't even know how I can trust you. I can't believe you did this. Chris says, no, this is a good thing. This is good news. And Chris and her confessional saying, you know, it's definitely not the reaction I had expected to get because I'm just trying to tell Caitlin how much I appreciate her. No, this was one of the craziest scenes ever. Do you know how insane it is to go out on a date behind your husband's back with the person you had an affair with that broke up your first marriage, come home, wake them up from a dead sleep and say to them, I have been fantasizing about this person for 25 years. 
Turns out it's wrong. So the entire time that I had fantasized about somebody else throughout the course of our relationship, I actually didn't need to be doing that. Aren't you happy? <laughs> like, uh, I guess when you put it like that, it's kind of the, the way that I do feel about it is a little bit, and not to bring him back because I know he's so not the main character in this, but POV, you're Todd Waterman watching this episode and you just come from this lunch with this woman that you've been thinking about for the last 20 years and she is busting down those doors to tell her husband the good news that after an hour with you, she's so repulsed that she realizes she may actually be back in love with her. Like... Nobody wins here. This is just every single person involved loses. What a fucking what? And, and Kylie's just standing. POV, you're Kylie. Like you're just trying to like go to the movies with Jaden Smith and like meet Stoss at Borders Books. And all of a sudden <laughs> your parents are having like a very intense conversation about their relationship, which is fully like almost done. And your mom comes in and is like, by the way, Kylie, like I've actually been fantasizing about somebody behind your dad's back for 25 years. But like, I didn't need to be doing that. And like, this is a really good thing. Like, I love your dad again. Like, what was Kylie doing there? Sometimes I have these moments where I'm watching where I'm like, is this like Kardashians pushing like the boundary thing? Is this normal? Is this funny? This is one where I was like, you're pushing the boundaries in a way that's like actually making me uncomfortable to watch. How are you going to disrespect Barnes and Noble like that? You know that meetup with the borders. <laughs> The inception of Stas and Kylie's relationship is so important. It, no, it, I mean, it's history. It's like, <laughs> I just, okay, we have, no, no, we have, I'm sorry. I, not to cut you off, but we have to go to the Jenner communications office because this, this, some shit's about to go down. You guys ready? I'm ready. As ready as I'll ever be. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So Chris walks into this room that Courtney, Chloe, and Kim are all in. And she just is basically like, Courtney, I am so sorry, but you're going to have to leave. And she says, I have something I need to talk to Chris and Kim about, which she could have easily passed off as a business thing. She's like, this is actually not business. It's personal. I want to talk to them and specifically not you. <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, every scene of this episode is crazier than the last. And Chris says in her confessional, you know, Courtney seems to be the most judgmental of me, by the way, true. So I don't want to feel that judgment coming down on me for something I'm trying to do for myself. So she tries to kick Courtney out and Chloe and Kim are like, you can't kick a pregnant woman out. Very useful time to utilize that tool here because in any other circumstance, I think they would have been like, okay, Courtney, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> well, yes, but, but like maybe now they would, but like they wanted Courtney in on it. So Courtney refuses to leave naturally. And Chris tells them that she saw Todd and they're all, you know, wondering, asking if Caitlin knows. And Chris tells them that she did tell Caitlin and Courtney says, what a little whore. Why would you even give someone the satisfaction? Wouldn't you just want him to think that you don't even know he exists? <laughs> By the way, if you're Chris, like you specifically are fighting for Courtney not to be in there because she's so judgmental. You utter the first part of your sentence and Courtney's like, what a fucking whore you are. Like, so you, you were right about that one. <laughs> I actually like, have literal tears in my eyes thinking about if I were to look my mom dead in the face and be like, you little whore. <laughs> Your mom's not fucking Todd Wonderman on the side. I'll tell you that much. No, she's certainly not. 
She's certainly not. Okay, so Kim says, so much crazy shit went on and cheating and stuff. Chris says, I wasn't doing anything shady. Courtney goes, I just feel like you're lying. And Chris in her confessional says, it's so annoying that nobody seems to believe what I'm trying to tell them. She says to the girls, I did it for closure. Kim says, I mean, I get wanting to do it for closure, but you didn't do it for that. And Kim in her confessional says, my mom has this history with Todd, and I think that her logic just doesn't really make sense. Kim then tells Chris that she wants her to take a lie detector test. And Courtney in her confessional says, I really honestly don't know what to believe anymore with my mom, but maybe she should take a lie detector test and prove it to us. I have to say, this was also at the time, I mean, not that it still isn't a thing, but this was like peak lie detector reality TV when everyone was using them. What a specific time period. No, are you kidding me? Early days reality TV, lie detector was like a very common activity. And you're 100% right. Like I'm not right? I'm not making fun of you. I'm just cracking up. Like, yeah, that is like a very specific time period in reality TV. Okay, next scene, Kim, Chloe, and Courtney at Courtney's house. And they're now basically drafting the questions they want to ask Chris in the slide detector test. They call the polygraph specialist and they're kind of getting clarification on how they should word the questions to which she explains to them, you know, you always want to start out with something that's a definite yes. For example, Kim, if you were taking the test, you would make question number one, is your name Kim? And it, there's just, there's nothing overly significant here because they're really just drafting the questions, but there is something so funny about them doing this while on the phone with this guy. Like he's simply just being hired for the job because this is his specialty. He has no idea how deep this goes and that his findings could really, you know, sway things in such a severe way. Okay. I also think a really interesting element of this entire episode is how hard they ride for their stepdad. Like, you know, they start to get into this groove of coming up with these questions and things are like, oh yeah, I'm going to get the answer to that. Like we're going to ask her and she's going to have to tell us the truth. Like she's hooked up to a lie detector test. And then they all kind of individually have this moment of like, wait, but like, what if we don't actually want to know the answer to these things? Like this will be pretty earth shattering for our lives potentially. And like the relationship that you have with our stepdad and the relationship we have with our stepdad, like all of us as a family to like actually get these answers if they're not exactly what we want them to be. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things Courtney says in her confessional is we know that we're playing with fire and we might not want to know some of the real answers to these questions, but if she really has nothing to hide, then she shouldn't be worried about answering them. (sighs) This whole thing is so batshit crazy for lack of a better phrase that I don't even know what to do with it. So I suggest we just keep going. Okay. Let's keep going. All right. We got the whole crew here. It's Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Scott, and Caitlin at the house. And Courtney asked Caitlin, how'd you feel that mom went to dinner with Todd and then didn't even tell you till after? Caitlin says, it kind of ticks me off that she would do that and then not tell me. I don't even know what issue she would have with him 22 years later. Move on. I'm telling you this and oh, your mother would probably kill me. But this is right after we had gotten married. She goes, I just want you to know, never trust me. By the way, I'm sorry. Can we just pause for a moment to like take that in? Not even Chris saying it, which like already, whoa. But Caitlin then revealing it 20 years later to their kids. Well, what Caitlin then says after that is, and it's not something that Chris ever said again. It's something that Chris said one time that Caitlin had always had in the back of her mind. And then now 20 years later gets brought back up again. But like, I mean, I, I, what I was thinking when I was watching this was like, why, why would you say that? And also if you're Caitlin, why are you like, okay, like never trust you. Okay. I won't like what's going on here. Well, Chloe responds and is like, what? She said that? Scott goes, yeah, sounds about right. Chloe's like, why would she say that? To which Caitlin answers what you were saying of, you know, I said the same thing. Why would she say that? And I just kind of have always had it in the back of my mind. Courtney says, that's why she's taking a lie detector test today. And Caitlin in her confessional saying, you know, I've never really been a believer of lie detectors, but I think this time it'll be very interesting to see what the results say. Courtney says, I feel like mom will be really excited to take the lie detector test. And Chloe's like, mom will just be really excited for any attention, which as a side note in the scheme of things with this episode, irrelevant, but like that is a theme that you see come up specifically in the earlier seasons where they all really carry this idea of Chris being like a total attention whore. Yes. And I feel like that applies specifically with Chris and Kim and the way that the rest of the family like views not them like competing for attention because it's very much Kim's spotlight, but almost like Chris wants to relive or recapture something through that with Kim. Like, yeah, that is definitely a theme that gets brought up. I also, I just have to go back to the comment about the never trusting Chris thing. Like 
it's so interesting because this is kind of the first time through what we've seen where the concept or the idea of infidelity is becoming an issue. But throughout the course of their relationship between Chris and Caitlin, it's not like this trust issue comes up often or really ever. And so for Caitlin and Chris to have started their relationship after Chris ended an affair, and then also Caitlin has always had this in the back of her mind that Chris said to never trust her. Like it is actually very interesting that this isn't something that came up sooner in terms of like trust issues that they may have with each other. It, it, it like had to materialize until it was something that came up, which I think is to the credit of their relationship because it's clearly not something that Caitlin held on to all of these years. But also like, it's one of those things where it's like at the first sign of trouble, all of a sudden you're remembering what you had sworn that you would have forgotten. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's actually remarkable that this hasn't come up sooner. No. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, wait, why have we never discussed this before? And why is also like the concept of infidelity or any jealousy never been a factor in your relationship? It's actually impressive that it hasn't. Because they got so much other shit to worry about. Right. It's hard to be worried about infidelity when you like fundamentally cannot stand the person. I know. And we have to get more into that as this episode goes on because the not being able to stand each other, like it's not a joke at this point. So the polygraph specialist arrives at the house. Chris comes down. She says, nice to meet you. I'm the criminal. Caitlin says, yeah. And Chris starts taking the test. So the questions are, you know, is Kim your favorite daughter? She says, yes. Have you ever taken more than your cut from any of your daughter's deals? She says, no. Is Robert Kardashian Chloe's biological father? She says, yes. Do you regret having an affair on your ex-husband, Robert Kardashian? She says, yes. Are you in love with Todd Waterman? No. Would you like to have an affair with Todd? No. Chloe then says, wow, that machine's going crazy over there. And after the question about Todd, Caitlin walks out of the room. And the polygraph expert is saying that some of the questions seem to cause a little bit of an emotional distress because outwardly she may not have any feelings for the person, but inwardly something might come up that she remembered, you know, something pleasant or whatever it was that it can be hard to give a strict yes or no to a question like that. And according to her confessional says, it's definitely a relief to hear that she could just have some emotional history behind the answer. And that's why the needle is moving around. And so I'm glad to know that she's being truthful. And Joseph says she did very well. She passed. Kim goes, I knew I was your favorite daughter. I mean, something absolutely crazy is that she just didn't pass. And they were like, well, it could be emotional. And everybody's like, she doesn't, she doesn't want to have an affair. But like, what? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like we end up moving past that because Chris then goes upstairs to talk to Caitlin. But in retrospect, or not even in retrospect, I think I remember thinking this the first time around, like all it took was this one polygraph expert you've known for five minutes to tell you she could just be having an emotional reaction. And you, Courtney, who is down your mom's throat every other day of the year is like, you know what? This random guy does have a point. <laughs> like it was almost like they hypnotized them. Yeah. Like I know it wasn't even that it was like, I guess they, they, they did at the end of the day, hear what they wanted to hear. And so the idea that that was certainly left open for interpretation was like, enough for them. Like they, they, they needed to hold on to that because they didn't want the answer to that to, to be yes. My thing that I thought was so funny is that, you know, he, the way it sounded to me, offered this alternate response. It's like, it could be that you're lying. It could also just be that you're having an emotional response. Everybody took that, like, you know, two options to be fact. It was like, it could be, it could be. And then everybody was like, oh no, no, she's just having an emotional response. Like it was just like the way that this came out was crazy when she just like was so clearly lying on the lie detector test, but like didn't want to be lying. And the, and nobody wanted her to be lying. They were they were genuinely happy to keep the peace. Well, except for Caitlin. Caitlin's like this motherfucking liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chris goes upstairs to Caitlin, says, hi, honey, I passed my test. Caitlin goes, no, I was down there. I saw one of those little needles bouncing all over the place. Chris, I was about to do Caitlin and my dad's accent. <laughs> of course. Chris, Chris goes, he said I passed. And Chris then tries to give Caitlin a high five. And Caitlin's like, I'm not giving you five until you explain to me why you went to see Todd. Caitlin's like, you never told me why you were going. You were so happy. And all of a sudden back in love with me. You just kept confessing how great I was. Chris says, okay, well. Caitlin's like, no, why did you do that in the first place? Chris says, I don't know. Don't ask me that question. But the good news is how great I felt after the dinner. Caitlin goes, great. I'm glad you felt good. Chris says, I did. That was a major revelation. Like that was a huge big deal. Caitlin goes, whoopee. This whole thing is just ridiculous. And Chris says, okay, well, nothing I do is ever good enough. So I'll just let you think about that. 
I mean, that is deeply bizarre when, when Caitlin says, why'd you go in the first place? Because like, I don't know, don't ask me the question, but the good news is just how great I felt after. Like, no, fuck you. Right. Like, is that supposed to be at all comforting? I just like, I don't know this entire episode. I have a real lack of words for because it was so highly entertaining and I enjoyed and loved every single minute of it. But like the reality of what we were watching go down. And I really do believe it was the reality of what was going down was like so deeply frustrating and so illogical and like dark. You were watching a marriage like seriously deteriorate in real time. Like the second that you are coming home from almost potentially having an affair to say like, you actually realize the grass isn't greener on the other side. Like it's not as comforting of a thought as you are portraying this out to be. And the idea that Chris is there, like just full-fledged gaslighting Caitlin into being like, wait, why are you not happier that I didn't have an affair? Is like, holy fuck, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah, no, the the bar is on the floor. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt. And now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again. And I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic on and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantees. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and Everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is when Caitlin takes it to her son, Brandon, for a conversation, which, you know, when they're bringing in Brody or Brandon to talk serious issues, that shit's getting real because we don't see too much of them around these parts. Well, and also because you're getting a much more unfiltered opinion in that way because Brody and Brandon do not have the same loyalty to Chris as the other kids feel to Caitlin. Like if Caitlin's down to talk shit about Chris, Caitlin's kids are down to talk shit about Chris with her. Totally, totally. And, you know, Caitlin is just telling Brandon that it hasn't been peaceful at the house. Chris is driving her insane and, you know, tells him that Todd's been coming back up. And Caitlin's like, you know, we certainly have had our differences over the years, but I don't think it's ever been as bad as this lately. And Brandon asks, have you guys talked about like separating or, and Caitlin says, I don't know what to do. I'm like lost. Again, the idea of divorce or this, that had maybe been like thrown around in, I don't know, I would say more inflamed situations. This was more of like a very measured conversation of, is this something you have considered based on what you're telling me? Well, and we spoke about this. I think it was the last episode where we said, you know, Chris is now for the first time saying out loud that this is a possibility. Both of them have been really like stern in this idea that, you know, this is just what happens after 20 years of marriage, the way you kind of get on each other's nerves and the way you, you grow apart in certain ways. Like this is just the natural part of being married for this long. And now you kind of have both of them rethinking that position of like, okay, well maybe this isn't normal, or even if it is normal, it's not necessarily what I want. And that is a huge deal. And what I actually think we are really seeing, which makes a lot of sense in, in this, you know, grand scheme of their relationship is 
it's not the situation where they both acknowledge, you know, maybe there is a life after this marriage. And then all of a sudden they're divorced. It's a very common and typical timeline that they go through where they acknowledge it. They work on it. They see what can be done. They see what that can be salvaged. They can't stand each other. They go back and forth. Like the timeline of their marriage ending, I think is actually like amidst the craziness of what is actually going on here, like a very normal like lifespan. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly extract things from this situation that I think come up in a lot of relationships after X amount of years, unfortunately. However, like you said, this was a unique one and just in terms of the way that it was going down. I think generally speaking though, that type of, I guess the, the most tame description would be falling out of love can certainly happen. And like I said to you at the beginning of this episode and, and right after I watched it, like I really, really don't want that to happen in my life. I, you know, I know it's not something you can plan for. Obviously you don't get married to a person and expect it's going to go down like this, but God, what a, what a sad ending for something that was so beautiful at the start. And I'm not saying that every ending has to be sad because it doesn't. I think like, I'm a huge believer that sometimes people come into your life for X amount of time for a specific reason. And that served, you know, one part of your life and then it's on to the next part. And like, I don't think it has to necessarily be that person for forever if it's not right for either of you. It's just the way that this deteriorated in such like a hateful way makes me so sad. No. And I I don't think anybody obviously goes into a relationship with the expectation that something like this is going to happen. I do think though, like a takeaway from this is kind of saying like, okay, when I'm in a relationship, like I, I want to set the expectation and the understanding earlier on that like, these are signs that I want to look out for and tackle them as they come up. I think one of the main things we saw with Chris and Caitlin, which was the downfall of their relationship is by the time they were talking about things, they had already happened. You know, they weren't being conscious of, which I I can't blame them for. I think it's hard to do that in a relationship, but they weren't being conscious of specific things to look out for. It was like they were tackling these issues once they had already progressed past the point of being a problem. Oh, totally. And that's something that I think in retrospect, obviously they are both very aware of. I want to go to the next scene, which is scene six with Kim, Chloe, and Courtney. And they're basically discussing this plan they have of getting Chris and Caitlin, this little cottage on the water in Malibu to basically force romance. Like clearly it's not happening in any other way. And they just feel like getting them alone together in a beautiful setting could potentially be very beneficial. And Courtney's saying, you know, when they first met, it was like love at first sight. They'd be making out all the time. And she says, maybe if they can remember all those old memories, they could rekindle that old spark. And Chloe's like, yeah, they can like have sex on the beach. Kim's like, do they even have sex? Like, when do you stop having sex in life? First of all, two things. Sex on the beach, great in theory, terrible in practice. Second of all, that is a conversation literally everyone has had. I feel like it's like, when do you stop having sex? Yeah, I don't have the answer to that question. I actually like definitely prefer not to think about it. Well, I just think that if you are an older person, that's it's like almost defensive. Like, fuck you. Everything's working totally fine just because you don't want to envision it. No one's asking you to. Okay, so my thought on it is like, when I'm a parent and I'm an adult, like that's that's just different. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into this. Okay, <laughs> next scene, they are at Kim's, <laughs> Kim's house for a barbecue and- you know, Chris says in her confessional, Kim invited us all over and I'm going to try my best to be civil with Caitlin in front of the other kids. And Chris says to Caitlin, so what'd you do today? Caitlin's like, same as I always do. Chris goes, okay, I was just trying to be nice and say, what'd you do today? Caitlin's like, I fly helicopters in the morning and then I go and hit some balls. Chris goes, okay, I got it. I'm never asking again. Caitlin's like, well, I do the same thing every day. And Chris says, Kim, thank you so much. I think we should go home. Kim stops Chris and is like, listen, The reason that I invited everyone here is because we have planned a magical weekend vacation for the two of you in Malibu. Chris is like, I don't know. I have things going on at home. Kim says, I don't care if you guys drown each other in the ocean outside and kill each other. You're going to Malibu. Important context here is that they met in Malibu for the first time. And so Kim's basically saying, you know, I want them to get back some of that passion that they used to have. And Kim says to them, the car's packed. You're going to Malibu. Of course, they go to Malibu. They arrive there. And You can see like they are both, I think, genuinely attempting to try to make this an enjoyable experience, but they are so uncomfortable around one another in the sense that they don't enjoy what each other enjoys and they know that they are annoying to the other person, which is such a unique spot where it's like, 
I'm annoyed by you. And I'm also very aware of the fact that you are annoyed by me, which it just sucks all around. Like nobody wants to be in either of those roles. I wouldn't necessarily say that Caitlin is specifically trying to make this an enjoyable experience. No, I think in her mind, she's trying. Well, I just think what's happening is like, you know, they get to Malibu. Chris seems a little bit more into the idea of, of maybe having some sort of a conversation or, or doing what they are intended to do while they're there. And Caitlin wants no part of it. Like Caitlin, as soon as she gets there, she's still annoyed with Chris. She sits herself down in front of that TV and is like, I'm just, I'm just going to be here. And I think Caitlin's mindset towards the whole thing is like, okay, well, if we're not talking, we're not fighting. And therefore there's like some sense of, of peace amongst us. Whereas Chris's mindset, I think has now switched from like, maybe the avoidance is key to like, oh, now that I'm on the other side of, of the hump, now that I've realized I do value this marriage, like I want to, I want, at least if we're fighting, then we're talking. Like they just have a complete fundamental difference in terms of how to approach this or even whether or not they want to approach it. Well, that's, that's kind of the thing. And, you know, Chris is saying in her confessional, like night one of the romantic getaway isn't successful because Caitlin's downstairs on the couch. I'm upstairs in bed. She's like, I'm feeling a little disappointed. You know, if we can't enjoy a romantic weekend together in a place like this, then what else is left? And the next morning they're watching the surfers. They're talking about how Kendall and Kylie used to surf there for camp. You know, I think a lot of times people in these situations, they cling on to nostalgia as kind of like a, the common denominator, something to talk about. And they're starting to engage a little bit more. Chris is then making Caitlin coffee and Caitlin tells her how to work the machine. And Chris is like, you know, just don't be so nasty all the time. Gets annoyed, goes upstairs. Again, like we are just off to a terrible start. Later in the afternoon, they're going through a book of pictures that Kim put together. And it's all of their old photos and memories. And Chris and her confessional saying, you know, it's good going through these pictures, reminding me of what a great life me and Caitlin have had. And that there's so many things going on in their lives that it's kind of gotten in the way. And Chris says to Caitlin, you know what the difference between now and then is? We used to put our relationship first. It used to be about me and you and nothing else. And we used to have so much fun. Caitlin says, how can we put me and you first? Chris says, we have to get it back on tracks that we really care again. And Caitlin really agrees. I mean, this is one thing they are definitely on the same page about. And Chris says, actions are stronger than words. And they then toast to how fabulous our life used to be, is, and is going to be. And they go outside, they watch the sunset together. And Chris says, so here's what I'm thinking. I'll meet you upstairs. It kind of goes off into the sunset, which like, again, of course, was a, a major band-aid for what was a gushing wound. But like, I think in that one moment, there was a piece of both of them that at least was, I don't know, genuine in their trying. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, I think the thing is here is that we as viewers are like, okay, this is done. Because we not only can see how toxic and and just like hateful this relationship has become, but also like we know that it factually ends. So we are looking at this with a different set of eyes than they're viewing their own relationship from. Even though they have both taken that step of like acknowledging the possibility that this does end in a separation or it does end in divorce. When you're married for 21 years, like you're not actually believing that that is going to be the case until it is really going to have to be the case. And so of course they're committed to this idea of making it work because neither of them have said out loud, no, no, I'm done with this. Like I I give up on this marriage. They both acknowledge the fact that they're in a really bad spot. They both acknowledge the fact that this could even be a possibility, but they have not given up on each other yet. And so for them to kind of take this step, yeah, I do think it was really genuine that they would want to try and salvage what they have because, you know, that's what you do when you've been married for 20 plus years. But also when, when they toast to, and the exact toast is to how fabulous our life used to be, is, and is going to be. I think there's also a lot of that in terms of like knowing that at one point there was really something here, forget about how they felt for one another, of course, but also like the world that they created together and ran together. Now it's a world that was created that's completely lived in separately. But I think like the come up that they had together, it feels very nostalgic to both of them. And that in this moment, not to say that wanting to work on it in terms of their emotional connection was not high on the list, but I actually think there was a piece of that was like going back to being the Jenners that maybe felt a little bit more motivating. Yeah, I I definitely think so. I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out because 
You know, when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear. And it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out. But one of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality, affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So the way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings onto us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Obviously, as we see throughout the rest of the season, like it's just, it's rough. That's where the, it concludes for here. There's again, a million more things to say. In terms of the two other plots of this episode, which as we mentioned, were like, I guess, moments of levity in, in the midst of some really intense shit was Lamar in his cavities and Rob with the hair thinning stuff. Rob in the hair thinning stuff, not even worth mentioning. Lamar in the cavities, and I know this is so not the point of this at all, but like, I think part of the reason that, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is like so a point that doesn't need to be made for something that is so small, but I, did, I just was thinking about it. It's like, obviously this is a lighthearted plot about how Lamar is terrified of the dentist, even though he's like six foot eight. And basically Kim has to force him there. They give him laughing gas and- in the six hours that he's out, they take care of all eight teeth situation and, and it's a done deal. Dr. Kevin Sands is the MVP of the episode, fine. However, if you see the way that this went down, which is Kim saying to Chloe, I have the sixth sense, I can smell cavities. I know he's got cavities, he's got to go to the dentist. Chloe then talking to Lamar about it. Kim then talking to Lamar about it and saying, I, if I handle it all, if I set everything up, all you have to do is walk in, will you go? And he ends up going, this is a very small case study in the way that the Kardashian women like get shit done and specifically how the men in their lives have benefited from it. And I know at times it can come across as controlling and can be controlling, but I also think when you're someone who like is so happy to have that stuff taken care of, the fact that they are all such control freaks that like they can't just let it be. Like what do Lamar's teeth have anything to do with Kim? Nothing. But Kim is like, please, it would be my pleasure to personally reach out to Kevin Sands, get this appointment set up for you, go with you. Of course, you know, in cahoots with Chloe, but like they just take on things in such a way, like the way she, they took on Lamar's cavities. And I think that that is why people get so sucked in. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like it's why things become such a thing because they do it the Kardashian way. And when you're doing shit the Kardashian way, it can, it, it gets real easy for you. You know what I mean? I know literally exactly what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. I just, I know that's so not the point of this, but that was just very present for me. And again, Lamar is knocked out for a couple hours. Kevin Sands takes care of him and he's all good, but what a, what a different time. It really was. Another really minor side plot that happened throughout the course of this episode was that Rob gets very stressed about the potential of his hair thinning because Kim made a comment to him. And I just think such an 
under discussed element of the relationships within the family is just like the Rob of it all. Like, you know, we're so used to when we're talking about it with Rob, it's like, oh, he doesn't have a job. His sisters call him a loser. Like it's that specific aspect of it. But you really see in like a lot of different circumstances when it comes to them and Rob, like they just strike a chord with him and a sensitivity with him in every area of his life that it just penetrates him so deeply. Like Kim saying a one-off comment about like, you know, your hair is thinning or like, you know, you, you got to be careful of that. Sends him on such a spiral throughout the course of this episode. I know it's really an upsetting thing, actually. Not, not this particularly, but just generally speaking, the way that I, I think at this phase of his life, he was so uncomfortable with himself that the words of specifically the people closest to him really hit deep. And I'm not saying they wouldn't have anyway, but he didn't have his own reserve of like, self-confidence is the wrong word, but um, like acknowledgement of self-worth to be able to bounce, have that bounce off. He was very, very sensitive and sensitivity isn't a bad thing. And by the way, sensitivity isn't directly correlated with self-worth. I just think the reason he was so sensitive in these times is because he wasn't feeling that good about himself, like as a baseline. Yeah. I also think that something I noticed with Rob is that I feel like a lot of times he feels like he lacks an ally in the family. Whereas like, of course he's the closest to Chloe and they have such an incredible relationship, but something that you definitely notice is that when all of the sisters band together, they really band together. It's not like they're banding together and Chloe's coming out to, you know, have Rob's back. It's like, it feels a lot of time, all of them against Rob. And I think Rob is really searching for Mm -hmm. somebody to just be on his side for once. And that's why it's so sensitive to him because it always feels like he's being ganged up on. I know. Anyway, what a ride that was. We'll see you next week for season seven, episode 13. But this is, I cannot, basically the conclusion here is that the episode that was about Lamar going to the dentist really (laughs) was about the most batshit crazy dynamic between Chris and Caitlin you ever did see. And I'm still going to remember it as the episode where Lamar yeah. goes to the dentist. As I said to you, Kevin Sands, MVP. Yep. Okay. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and for letting us do this. And we'll see you next week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile It helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.